Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kim. And I'm Kate. Today, we're joined by some special guests from the Crononorco Innovate EdTech team, Amy, George, and Mike. We'll be diving into the fascinating world of artificial intelligence and education, specifically exploring the capabilities of ChatGPT in the classroom. My name is Amy Dell. I'm a teacher on special assignment on the EdTech Innovate team. Uh, My background is secondary. I've taught both middle and high school in the district. Um, My position is specifically our online platforms for credit recovery. My name is George Wise. I'm also part of the Innovate team, uh, first year, just like Amy. In addition to EdTech, I also focus on social studies. I've been in the school district for 26 years. And I'm Mike Grotham on the same team, specializing with elementary school, was sixth grade in our district for 15 years before coming over to our team. Well, welcome and thank you for sitting down and chatting with us today. I'm actually really excited about this topic because I've heard a lot about it and I'm excited to learn a little bit more. So what is ChatGPT and is it the same thing as artificial intelligence? ChatGPT is a form of artificial intelligence, but that doesn't mean all artificial intelligence is ChatGPT. Artificial intelligence is basically machine learning that's programmed or trained by humans to act some way like a human, so either to reason, to learn, or to act a way that requires human intelligence. So it could be used, though, to exceed what humans could be able to do, like to scale it to something that, you know, the human mind wouldn't be able to do. So examples of AI would be things like face ID on your phone, because obviously humans, we can detect faces, but now a computer can detect a face and recognize who it is. From social media feeds, like, We get those perfect TikTok videos or those Netflix recommendations of, you know, shows that we seem to want to watch because it tells us um, things like Siri and Alexa use artificial intelligence, you know, to be able to speak back to us. Different chatbots that you'll see on the side of a web page that will, you know, answer questions for us where, you know, it even sounds like they're human. Uh, Even to things like those smart home devices, like our lights, our nest, our thermostat, those are all AI. Uh, Even just as simple as down to Google search, because Google search figures out what we want. It's not chatting back and forth, but it is figuring out how, you know, we do things and how we're looking for what we need. Chat GPT itself, um, like Mike was saying, it's a form of AI. What makes us a little bit unique is that it mimics a human conversation. Um, you give it a prompt um, in the form of text. You can ask it for information. You can ask it to produce specific types of text, which we'll get into a little bit later, um, and it will respond to you. Um, Then you can take what it has given you and say, um, you know, kind of continue the conversation to fine-tune what you're looking for, uh, but essentially it gives you text output. Chat GPT has been around uh, for a relatively short time, um, has grown tremendously. over Even over the, this, this month of this school year, it's grown from 100,000 users to, uh, gosh, I can't even quote the number where it's at right now, but it's one of the fastest growing apps around. There's a lot of technology tools out there. I think we can all agree, agree on that. So why should educators and families care about this technology? Educators in particular, we'll get to families in a second, should care and have an opinion, a position on chat GPT and similar AI in terms of their classroom, because it's really something that can't be ignored. This is something that can potentially 
change a lot of the things that you do in your classroom. Perhaps the form of assessment that you use might become obsolete when students get a hold of this. Um, it's something that the entire world of education is really going to have to pivot in, um, in some ways. I think one of the interesting things regarding this is one of the first responses we had uh, last in the fall was teachers asking, can we block chat GPT? That was almost the immediate response. And the response from the district was immediately, no, it's not going away. And so I think that's one answer where teachers need to understand that this is something that's it's part of uh, our current environment and it's going to be something that's not going away in the future. And I think it's something pretty exciting because we always can look back in the past and say, wow, that was a big turning point. You know, I can't imagine my life without, you know, X or Y. And this is one of those times. And, well, I can't speak for everyone, but a lot of us, I think, here are old enough to, to realize, like, when the Internet came around and some people weren't on the Internet even for years, you know, after it was going. Or even smartphones, like those people who held out forever, you know, to finally get one. And this will be one of those things where you know, businesses, careers, everything will be taking this on. So at some point, you know, you're going to have to interact with it at some point in your life, no matter, you know, how much you want to use it or not. There have been discussions, uh, even just recently online, looking at a few chat GPT related topics. And the overwhelming theme that I came across was this could be a jumping off point for a paradigm shift in education as far as the way we do things. As a veteran teacher, uh, certainly I've noticed in the 27 plus years I've been in the classroom that certain things are slow to change. And that could be frustrating for some of us. But by being open to to something like ChatGPT, we could possibly accelerate that change. Shifting the conversation to families, why they should care about, about ChatGPT, um, is when you send your kid to school and you kind of get reports back about you know how they're doing in their classes, you probably want to know that your kid has was using academic integrity to get those scores. That's part of the conversation. The, the school system is preparing your kid for the world that exists today and the world that is going to exist whenever they graduate, not the world that their teachers had when they were in high school and college. Parents and families should care that education is adapting to this new paradigm. I'm so glad you brought up families because it's through my son that I really first started to care about ChatGPT because even though I consider myself like forward on ed tech tools, there are some things that I just kind of wanted to ignore like crypto, you know, and then chat GPT and I'm like, oh, I don't want to think about it or worry about it right now. But my son said, mom, would you like to hear a poem that my uh, classmate and I wrote about World War One? I. I said, yes, please read it to me. I love poetry. But it didn't sound quite his own words. And I said, did you use chat GPT? for that and he said well yeah for just some of it though just some of it so that's when I'm like okay I really have to pay attention to this like you said I want him to have academic integrity but then I started really exploring chat to GPT and I'm like this is going to change everything and this is going to be like you said their life their future it's going to be part of all of our lives and I think like any other tool like we can always chase it and, and figure out ways that we can like put minimize it put it away right or we can find ways that we can integrate it and use it effectively how can chat GPT and other AI technologies be effectively integrated into the educational system and really to enhance student learning outcomes and improve teaching practices like where can we see this for good one example is using ChatGPT and other similar AI technologies to really enhance student skills in vetting information 
and thinking critically about things that they read, see, and hear. Um, we'll dig into some of the biases that this has in a little bit, but not everything that ChatGPT gives you is going to be 100% true, 100% valid. And so it requires some fact checking. And so critical thinking has always been something that's important for teachers to you know, impress upon students, but this only elevates that need even more. I come from an environment of teaching a lot of AP classes when I was last in the classroom, and the AP texts tend to be very uh, difficult reading for um, every student in the classroom. So you can use ChatGPT to uh, take a chunk of text and you can actually change the lexile level of that text while still uh, retaining the, the content, the core content. So I think that's a one just one practical use uh, in a history classroom. As a sixth grade teacher, my students would always say, can I have an example of a good essay? And then I'd be like, I don't know, let me write one real quick. So then when they'd be writing an essay, I'd like real type one out real quick. And I mean, that takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And you know, if you were trying to do that for every prompt, so then I, that was like the first thing I went to trying out this technology. And you know, I just put in the same prompt we would give students and it output an essay. So I think if you had those conversations with students, obviously like, this is not to write your essay, or maybe depending on the age, students might not even know about it, but having different levels in there because you can adjust those levels and say, could you write this as a third grader, or could you add more grammar mistakes and different things like that. So students would be able to see or compare their own essay so they could use it to be like a mirror or to see how they're doing with things. It really helps us see the possibilities in the future because I really can't answer this question well because we don't know where things are going to go. And I think just being in the classroom, you know, 5, 10, 20 years, you know, there's been such a drastic difference. Like if we just take time to look back because, oh, I remember the time when cell phones, you know, were not even allowed in the classroom and there was a sign on the wall saying like district policy, you know, no cell phone usage. Or when, you know, Google first came out and teachers would be like, well, how would this ever be used in the classroom? You know, but I think now we'd be like, how would we not ever use this in the classroom anymore? Because every student, you know, from as low as you can go, as long as they can type, they're typing in questions mm -hmm. to get those answers for, or even to like Wikipedia, you know, where they're like, that's going to be banned in schools. It'll never be used, but it's, you know, become such a great research tool. So I think just we'll see how it's going to turn out, but the possibilities I think are endless. For teachers in particular, ChatGPT can be used as a huge time saver for so many things that we do on a daily basis mm -hmm. um, in your lesson planning that you do daily, weekly, monthly, it can take a lot of the kind of the more tedious workout. Um, let's say for an example, you are teaching something about either like science or history, you can ask it to write me an article about your topic, be as specific as you want, whatever you want your students to learn. And then you can say, and also give me reading comprehension questions. You can specify that they be multiple choice with this many distractors. And so it can do so much of your work for you. You can scale it to different Lexile levels. Um, if you have English learners in your class, you can scale it down to their level. You can even translate it into their language. Um, there's so much more that this can help you with as a teacher. But first we have to be able to say chat GPT five times fast, right? Nah, exactly. Does it mean something? Exactly. Maybe that's where I'm having a block. Like what? what is GPT? That's a great question. Is it is it an acronym? Yes. Let's Four. ask chat GPT. Hey, someone get their phones out. Because right. maybe if I knew what it stood for, I could say it, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> it has to mean something, right? I can't believe we've been talking about this for so long. Mm -hmm. And we haven't even asked yeah, Once question. I see it, I'm going to be Well, like, oh, and yeah, chat GPT is just one of many. Correct. Um, 
I want did you say software tools? That yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, the one that is actual chat GPT. Generative we, pre-trained transformer. There you go. Does that help now? Uh, yeah. I'll probably remember it? that either. <laughs> Trans- that's, yeah, that's a tongue twister too. <laughs> yeah. The one that actually is chat GPT, Generative we can't get into most of the time. Because so it really you, should be chat GPT. Okay, so that's what we found mm. today, Kim. I was trying to use it so that I could have this conversation more authentically and save myself some time writing a parent newsletter. So we can send you the link to OpenAI is much more... That's where I was. I was in OpenAI. Yeah, we can show you a different way, though, that you kind of go in there. And it works, but now I can't go in anymore. Tell our listeners. <laughs> so, what's the difference between OpenAI and ChatGPT? Well, ChatGPT plus <laughs> generative pre mm-hmm. pre trained something transponder. <laughs> yeah, well, ChatGPT is made by OpenAI, oh, so yes. um, OpenAI actually offers more than just Chat. And there's other products out there as well, and I don't think we're really going to talk about all that today. Mm-hmm. But where you can uh, create images and things by AI. If you're on OpenAI, you can go to what's called the playground, and then when you go to the playground, you can kind of mess around in there instead of just going straight to ChatGPT. This one is you have to pay for, right? Was there's like paid levels? Correct. Yeah, since ChatGPT has taken off so much, it's I think twenty dollars a month now. Which yeah, no, no, I'm out. <laughs> and uh, you hear that chat, whatever. And it was on three point <laughs> then three point five, and then now it's on four point oh. So yeah. they're saying it's going to even be more oh, wild than it is now. What ethical considerations should be taken into account when using AI in education? And, and how can we ensure that these technologies are being used in a responsible and equitable manner? So to begin with, ChatGPT has biases that need to be acknowledged, um, and there are prevalent examples. First of all, it gets all of its information from the internet. The internet holds information from those globally who have access to the internet. So that leaves out entire populations of the world. If you were to ask it to name 10 prominent philosophers, I've actually tested this out, it will give you 10 white males. If you push back and say, why didn't you name any women on your list? It kind of got defensive on me. As an excuse said, you know, well, you know, women didn't have as many important contributions, but here are some for you. Bring that back onto the level of education. Teachers need, number one, need to check the content themselves and train students to do so as well. If you are engaging students with ChatGPT, teach them how to fact check what they get. Um, Teach them how to recognize biases. There are some really dangerous potential um, that kind of we societally need to acknowledge. There was a recent case of a college professor somewhere who all of a sudden out of the blue got an accusation for sexual harassment. And it turned out someone had asked ChatGPT, give me a list of academics who have been accused of sexual harassment and his name was on the list. Absolutely no credit to the story, but because that was put out there, another similar AI, I believe it was Bing, picked it up as well. If this was in the normal press, this professor would have a way to go clear his name, the editor could kind of redact information, but now that information is out there, and AI is going to continue to quote this false information. 
I think it was a Colombian judge, actually used chat GPT to render his decision. So when we think about ethical considerations, I wouldn't like an American judge you know, using chat GPT to render a decision about somebody's life. So chat GPT itself is aware of a lot of this. When you look at their website, they do have a lot of disclaimers about their own biases that they've found out. So um, I will say on that end, it's, they seem to be forthcoming uh, with regard to that. But they're certainly, especially with education, uh, making sure we're upfront about what we're using in the classroom with it and its impacts on our students and, and being, you know, even just uh, letting the fam- letting the parents know what's what's going on in our classroom, I think is important. And with anything new, we always don't know the repercussions or what's going to come. And obviously laws aren't written, you know, before things exist. So uh, a lot of issues out there like copyright, plagiarism, you know, I mean, if a student had it write their essay, is that plagiarizing because it was not created by another human? You know, if it creates, let's say, a song for you and you make money off that song, do you owe, you know, the computer some money? I mean, who owns that song? You know, because who really created it? So there's a lot of ethical considerations out there. To take it down a little lighter note, uh, for teachers, you know, you'd have to talk to your students about here's our class expectations, here's our class rules, you know, here's what is allowed inside or outside of class, you know. you know, because are students allowed to use it at all? You know, can they use it, you know, at home? Can they use it as a reference? Or is it just, you know, don't use it at all? So, you know, just things to think about. Um, there's obviously age restrictions on things. So I believe, I think the age is usually like that. 13 is usually that range, you know, that most companies use. Obviously with district policies as well. So we talked about with our district saying that, um, you know, it's, it's not blocked at this time or anything. And, you know, because it doesn't, meet any of the blockage criteria for our district Um, but other districts do block it you know obviously at home students might not be blocked on their own phone or or things like that so you know just a lot to consider you know when you're thinking about the right thing to do full disclosure in order to have our podcast remain honest uh chat gpt wrote our question number five so i want to thank (laughs) chat gpt for question number five but nice. I want to thank you for your very human answers. Oh, <laughs> we may or may not have an answer in number two. What is chat GPT? I was just like, how do I get like a, just a precise definition? <laughs> I may or may not have asked chat GPT. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Okay, so we're all being honest. Full disclosure, right, right. we're modeling for our classrooms and our students. So why do you think educators are so nervous about this technology? Being a veteran teacher, uh, there's definitely elements to any sort of change in the classroom when you feel like you've when you've hit in a sweet spot in your teaching and then something new comes along and there's that element of that is definitely going to in the short term cause a lot of change in my classroom so i think that might be a perspective for some veterans who maybe don't want to go on that road of something new especially if they're toward the sundown <laughs> on their careers but that, that's one perspective <laughs> teachers get into a sweet spot in the profession when you've been in it for a few years and you know what works and you can use the same lessons and units from one year to the next. Um, This may disrupt that for some teachers. The take-home essay could be considered obsolete um, if you don't want your all of your students to just have ChatGPT write their essays for them. You turn them into you and you have no idea. Um, So for a lot of teachers, this signals a big shift in how you run things in your class, how you assess students. But I think we need to face this with, well, there's a lot of other great things about it too. So it's something for us to pivot on. 
but it's just going to change the dynamics so that we are better preparing students for the world that exists today that they're going to graduate into. It, can I ask, is every response unique? So if I have 200 students, I have one prompt, all 200 of my students typed in the same, everyone would have a different response? Yes. Fascinating. <laughs> We've tested it out. Oh, <laughs> we have. <laughs> Change is scary for all of us at times, and I think especially we take so much pride in our jobs and our profession, and then to feel like, wait, I, I don't know something, or, you know, I, I might not be as good as I thought I was, you know, because if you're like, oh, no, I'm a, I'm a first-year teacher again. Above all, I think we're nervous because we always want the best for our students. And, you know, looking out there, is this the best? Well, we're not going to know. So, And obviously, teachers have been through a whole lot these last few years. So I think, you know, that's always something to be nervous about where, is this just another thing I have to worry mm -hmm. about? I think that's why you maybe called us in or invited us in yeah. because, you know, we want to take away that scariness where this is exciting, this is something possible, but it's not something we, you know, need to be scared about. I agree. I think, too, though, you know, education, we tend to move as a wave, a slow-moving wave or an iceberg, you know, with what we do, and that does allow us to, you know, to have powerful curriculum and things like that. The scary thing about chat GPT is it is moving lightning fast with even with its growth and even our response and education to it. Um, we have uh, put together as a, as a group a, um, a training that we've given once already, and we're just trying to get ahead of it as far as, you know, the information that's coming out. But I think the, the power of it is clear. And so anything this powerful, we need to respond. And that can be a little nerve-wracking. We won't, may not have as much time, you know, as other implementations in, that we've had in education. Anyone listening hasn't tried it yet and just tries it and see how fast it can produce mm -hmm. what you need, you're, you're not going to be able to ignore it. it everyone's going to use this. It's going to change every facet of our lives. And so we can't ignore it. If school's job is to prepare students, we, mm -hmm. we have to to play with it and not be like me in the beginning who was like, I just don't want to think about it. I just want to mm -hmm. ignore it. And we know the business world is adapting to this and mm -hmm. we're going to graduate these students to go into the business world among many others. And so we don't want them to be behind because their education deprived them of this. Mm -hmm. With so many changes occurring in 21st century education, and I think this is going to be one of the biggest ones, what advice can you give to teachers or families to try tomorrow, to try this week and to try this month? I'm going to start with the tomorrow one. I have a 20-year-old and a 16-year-old, so I will be discussing it more, especially with my 20-year-old who's away at college. I haven't discussed it with her yet, but I'm going to put in a call to her um, as far as just that immediate discussion. Have you heard of it? Have you used it? What do you think? Yeah, piggybacking on yours, uh, I think our team dove into this so deep, and then we were, I think, in the mindset of like, Every kid is using this. Everyone knows about it. And then I went home, you know, and everyone assumes like, oh, you got the techie kids. And I have four of my own children at home. And I ask all of them. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, you know. <laughs> or my older one, he's like, oh, I think that only works for like the easy stuff, you know, because he's in computer science in school. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't even know that you can like put code in there, you know, and it'll help you write your code. So I think if, if you're listening to this podcast and you're worried, I mean, we're still, you know, on the front end of it and mm -hmm. things like that. So like George said, just having that conversation, that's something easy. You don't need to plan. You could just ask your students, do you know that what this is? Have you heard of it? Or what do you know? And then, you know, as teachers, we always hear students telling us the wrong thing or the wrong <laughs> ideas they have. So, so then we could start to, you know, have that conversation and bring it up. I was coming from baseball practice, and I literally asked three of my pitchers, do you know about it? Yes. Have you used it? No. 
so that's just you know that's a small anecdotal sample, but they all said but not not yet. They said that's also what they tell you. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I believe them. I believe them. <laughs> now for this week, I would say uh, it would just be a little bit more effort then, since you have a little bit more time. So just go on there and then just type a question. Just any question that pops in your head. Uh, for me, I was like, I don't even know what to write. You know, I couldn't even think, and so I just wrote. Write me lyrics to a punk song, and then it just did. And I was like, "Ooh, this is good." You know, I mean, so just anything, or just write it a task. I mean, you know, you're like, "I have these three ingredients at home. What could I cook?" And you know, it'll come up with an option. So, really, just try it out. Just see what it does. I mean, no pressure. This month, especially for educators, think about in your lesson planning on all of the work that you do in preparing your classes for your kids, something where ChatGPT can save you time. Uh, what task can this produce something for you um, that will take that off your back, free you up to either spend time with your family, free you up to do something a little bit more valuable connecting with your students? Because uh, that ultimately is going to be the biggest gift that ChatGPT gives us. That was beautiful, Amy. well thank you so much I cannot wait to re-listen to this episode in five years to see where we will be and reflecting on it when you were just getting started just like dipping our toes can you have us back in five years yeah we'll have you back (laughs) if one of us isn't retired (laughs) we'll have your virtual selves back (laughs) there you go Okay. thank you so much Thank 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 you That's a wrap for today's episode of our podcast. We want to thank our guests from the Cronenorco Innovate EdTech team, Amy, George, and Mike, for sharing their insights on ChatGPT and artificial intelligence in education. Be sure to tune in next time for more interesting discussions. This is Kim and Kate signing off. Well, that wasn't too bad. What'd you think of our outro, Kate? Well, as you already know, it was written by ChatGPT, and I thought it was functional. A little cliched, perhaps. Agreed. I would never actually ever say (laughs) signing off. Looks like there is still a need for those beautiful human brains out there. You know, the exercise of asking uh, ChatGPT to write us something and then evaluating was really eye-opening. I can definitely see doing this as an activity in the classroom. Great idea. I think AI is a helpful tool, but it doesn't know our audience like we do, and it doesn't love them. You can find this episode and all of our episodes on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast platform. Sinuesti Ed Chat is co-produced and mostly co-written by Kim Kemmer and Anne-Marie Cortez, Dr. Ivy Ewell Eldridge, and me, Kate Jackson, and is edited by Ken Pucci. Thanks for listening. See you next time, which is way better than signing off. Yeah, I agree. Hi, my name is Adon and I'm in the 8th grade. Be sure to follow CNUSD EdChat on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us out by leaving a 5-star review. We greatly appreciate your support.